This is Akil Parker, founder of All This Math. You are now tuned into the dip. Buck up, buck up, buck up, buck up, buck up, buck up. You know the deal. This is me, though. Beast by Supremo for all of my people, Negroes and Latinos, and even the Gringos. Yo, check it, one for Charlie Hustle, two for Steady Rock, three for the fourth coming live, future shot. It's five dimensions, six senses, seven firmaments of heaven and hell, eight million stories to tell. Nine planets faithfully keep an orbit with the probable tenth. The universe expands length, the body of my tax possess extra strength. Power lifted, powerless, up, out of this, towering inferno. My ink so hot it burned through the journal. I'm black at midnight on bro, where you myrtle. Hip-hop past all your tall social hurdles like the nationwide this prison industry complex Working class poor better keep your alarm set Streets too loud to ever hear freedom ring Say it back in with your sleep It's dangerous to dream Same But you change I go by the name of Ski One third of the trifecta A.K.A. Filipino Grigio A.K.A. Mr. Cozy Wear You are now tuned into another episode of the D.I.W.P. Episode 37 Like They telling me episode 37 I'm, I'm gonna say it's episode 37 yeah, We got know. that out the way early 37. Y'all know what it is <laughs> P.I.P.P. Pops and Progress. Got <laughs> <laughs> the pip. Got the pip. Here are both of my co-hosts and two-thirds of the podcast. I got my man Sport playing all fields and all courts, a.k.a. Hefe Horn. Yeah. We, we came up with Chapel the Cheeks last week. We're going to keep that rolling. Yeah, that, was, that was wild. I like that one. Last but not least, we got Mr. A.K.A. himself. Hef Hefner, yeah. a.k.a. the 40-year-old phenom. A.k.a. Heck Hef, a.k.a. Canary Hef. You see the canary on him. A.k.a. 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 Mr. A.k.a. Happy Black History Month to everybody. Yeah. Set it off right. Got a very special guest this week. Absolutely. Very impactful, very impactful. So, you know, um, without no further ado, episode 37, we got uh, Akil. Oh, I wrote this intro out. You, oh, we got a special shit. guest. I wrote the intro out uh, from, from I, I, apologize. I thought you was leaving me to assist. <laughs> no, I, no, I wasn't. I thought you was leaving me to assist. That's <laughs> well, what I thought well, it was. Do your damn thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. So here with us today, we have Professor Akil Parker. Hailing from Baltimore, Maryland, Baltimore. You gotta Baltimore. say it like you gotta say it like you're from Baltimore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Parker has served 17 years in the Philadelphia public uh, school system as a mathematics teacher. Currently a mathematics professor at Cheney University, the first black university. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah don't, don't don't ask people from Lincoln about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Lincoln. That's a, that's the thing, an ongoing thing with Lincoln. Yeah, they, they don't yeah. like that. But yeah. I listen, my but I don't have a dog in that fight. I graduated from Morgan. I, just, <laughs> I, I got a, I got a degree from Lincoln too, so it's all love. Mm-hmm. I hear that. I hear that. Heavy HBCU, heavy HBCU. Uh, let's see what we got. Uh, currently, he is the founder and CEO of Audis Math LLC, a program and YouTube channel predicated on tutoring, coaching, and consulting teachers and students in the Black community. Definitely very impactful. Yeah, definitely. definitely. For sure. Definitely a great guest that we have in here today. We appreciate you coming up with us today. Can we welcome, get some, can we get some, uh, some claps? Can we get some claps for that? <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome. That's what the edit is for. Again, we appreciate you coming through, man. Welcome to the dip. Thanks, man. Thanks. Let's get into it. Yeah, we definitely going to get into it. Like we said, um, we uh, wanted to jump into it. This was an episode we was planning for a little while mm-hmm. to have and like... um. And it's another one of our guests that came from a guest. So, like, you know, shout out to Fire that uh, kind of, uh, what yeah. you want to say, like, put this put this in motion kind of. Through the oop. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He played yeah. ball. He threw the oop. Bridge the yeah, gap. Yeah. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, he bridges the gap. For but without, sure. without um, we don't want to, like, 
like uh get around to because we got a lot lot we want to unpack with you um if you wanted to just talk in general about like uh ski mentioned it the all this mad llc uh just your program and stuff like that and the youtube page and um what's the goal and what you which what are you trying to do with that like what, what was the the making and how that came up so basically um it's kind of been it's been a work in progress over the past i guess 17 years that i've been a teacher you know i kind of i didn't know i was going to end up at this point that i'm at currently now um because i started out just you know a math teacher um i had a son on the way um originally i, I got my degree in finance from morgan state and i ended up as a uh, a bank examiner for the fdic which wasn't a good fit for me i did that for a year and then i went into education and you know i Got a job as a teacher because, you know, I had, had a child on the way and I needed a job. And um, people always told me that, you know, if you're a black man and you teach math, you can kind of write your own ticket. Mm. So I got down with some um, some charter. I found out about some different charter schools. I was here in Philly already. And, you know, I sent my resume out to a lot of places and I got hired by one that was in, down in South Philly, um, which is no longer in existence now. But that's where I that's where I started my career, my official career. Prior to that, I had been a, sub a long term substitute teacher. And, you know, just learning, just making a lot of mistakes. Um, it's kind of awkward being a, a long-term sub because it's like when you a sub, your job is just to make sure that, like, supervise, make sure nobody, nobody kill nobody. Yeah, yeah you know, that but, is true. <laughs> but when you come in every single day, you know, it's like you're going to be there every day, so you got to do a little bit more than that. Started, like, writing lesson plans and actually, like, teaching geometry, actually. So that was the start back in, like, 05, um, even before – World Communications, um, 05, I was a long-term sub at Mariana Brissetti okay. in North Philly. NBA, I remember that. Yep, yeah, exactly, exactly. That that building is where I believe, um, I think Sankofa um, Freedom Academy is at. Yeah. It's that same building now. Um, but, yeah, that was back in 05 when I was there. And then from there, went to World Communications Charter down in South Philly. And then from there, I went to DelVal. That's where I met Fatim. Fatim was like a real, real solid young boy. Like, you know, I met a lot of a lot of solid young boys, solid young sisters, you know, at DelVal. Some of them I'm still in contact with um, to this day. Um, and when I was at DelVal, I taught there for four years. So I kind of felt like I got, I'm kind of matriculated with that group okay. that, I, that I came in with, you know. Um, ended up leaving there because I got fired. Uh, the principal fired me. Um, shout out to him, but <laughs> you know, shout out to him for firing me um, because uh, we we had different we had different educational philosophies. Okay. I'll say that we had different educational philosophies, and um, he decided to uh, lay me off uh, with a, along with a handful of other teachers, and um, students like didn't take too too kindly to that. So he, some students got upset. Um, allegedly. There was some uh, vandalism. Allegedly, there was some <laughs> some, some rioting in the school. Oh, they um, was in the some uproar. unrest. They was in the uproar. Allegedly, there was some Over unrest. Mr. Parker. <laughs> some unrest. <laughs> and, um, you know, so he he. Uh, we gotta talk the, about that off camera. The principal <laughs> um, immediately he converted my layoff to a termination. So, you know, told me I wasn't allowed back in the building and, and all that. So, you know, um, oh, I had to I had to I had to call up the. Uh, the head of security to schedule a time to come get my 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 items and my belongings from my classroom. Oh man, they was that. treating you like you was a rebel, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you know, but you know, that was a good learning experience for me. Mm -hmm. um, that's when I ended up going to Lincoln because I ended up going to Lincoln to pursue um, a degree and get my um, my master's in education, which I got um, not from main campus but from the, the graduate center downtown at 30th Street. 
Okay. Because um, at the time, I, I considered becoming a principal, you know, becoming a principal to get into administration. I decided not to do that because, like, the, you know, the, principal, the administration area is really not the best fit for me, I don't think. Um, but those, like, types of demands and, you know, the games you got to play and all the politics and whatnot, I prefer to, like, kind of be in the trenches like, with, yeah. with, the, with the youth. Like They say that when, you, when you're a principal, you is more – Political than, than just teaching, like you're not there to be a teacher and and, and mold kids no more. Like yeah, because right? you know you gotta you got you gotta make and I guess this happens in any any leadership position. You know you gotta make certain compromises that you might not want to make so that certain positive things can still take place. Because if you go too hard, then they'll just get rid of you anyway, or they'll just shut the whole thing down. Yeah, mm-hmm. then nobody will benefit. Um, but it's difficult to like you know balance that. You know. Um, so, you know, I, I commend a lot of the, it's a lot of the solid principles that are out there doing that work and trying to maintain that balance and toe that line. Um, a lot of them are not solid. A lot of them don't care. <laughs> a lot yeah. of them, um, don't like children and they just wanted a six figure salary. So they said, just there for the paycheck. yeah, I, I did my minimum required amount of years of teaching. So now in the classroom, so now I can go into administration now and I can just be in charge because that's what a lot of people just want. They just want to be in charge. Right. Yeah. So it's like. You, you know, whether they're in charge at a, a, a corporation or whether they're in charge um, at a school as a, you know, an education executive. Basically, that's what a lot of that's why a lot of people move. But um, you can kind of tell easily who's who. Um, so, yeah. So after that, I ended up going to the school, ended up at the school district. I taught at Central for a year on a special assignment. Then after that, I went over to Overbrook. Um, Central decided not to keep me after that. Um Toward at Overbrook for two years, and then at the end of my first year at Overbrook, I started all this math. Okay. It was kind of like just a tutoring company, you know, just kind of because you know when you're a math teacher, people always ask you to you know help out with SAT prep. People call you up, you know, can you help my child do this? So I kind of you know it was like a side hustle. Like, yeah, I understand. You know, mm. Some stuff I would just do pro bono, just like you know, I'll help you out. Um, but then I started to think more about you know taking it more seriously, and. Um, yeah, so after I ended up leaving uh, Overbrook at the end of the 2018 school year, and I just like just went all in. I was all in, just doing a lot of tutoring, and at the same time, I I, I was already teaching at LaSalle too. So I was an adjunct professor at LaSalle, teaching some math methods courses, and um, then like a praxis prep course for like education majors at LaSalle. Um, the next year is when I got to Cheney. I got to Cheney in 2019. You know, kind of like. You know, just do the networking, just the people that I knew and just being in the right place at the right time. At Cheney, they needed a teacher for the summer bridge program. And, you know, this this elder tagged me in a post on Facebook, you know, letting me know about it. And I met with the, the brother. I contacted the brother who put the post out looking you know, okay. looking for the for the teacher um, or instructor. And that was that. He put me on. And then just so happened, at the end of the summer, a professor in the math department was retiring so they needed somebody to take over his classes. So I was like, I was in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. That's how I got my foot in the door at Cheney. And, you know, I've been there ever since then, since 2019. And, um, you know, all along, just tutoring. Um, and then when the pandemic hit, that's when I decided to start the, the YouTube channel. Partly because, well, for a few reasons. I started the YouTube channel because, you know, a lot of people were doing I was seeing a lot of things online. A lot of things were going online. Um especially with the students being home and, and whatnot, people needed extra support. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, back in 2017, I remember I was at Overbrook 
And there was this like professional development we had to go to. And it was about hybrid learning, something I had never heard of before. Hybrid learning is like this new kind of push for, you know, where there would be like teachers doing instruction, but also some of the instruction, like the goal was for teachers to do less face-to-face instruction. And then there would be videos that would supplement the face-to-face instruction. Okay. And I was watching some of the videos and I was like, I could do better than this, Mm. you know, um, the videos really weren't that good. You know, they really, they really wasn't. It really wasn't that good. Um, so the thought, the seed had been planted, like, when I saw that. That was back in, like, 2017 when I saw that. Um, but I never, like, thought seriously about how to really make that happen. Um, then fast forward to 2020, the pandemic comes, and then it's like, all right, so people, you know, I'm learning more about YouTube and social media and things like that. So, you know, I kind of just start the channel. Um, here we are, 2023. I, got, I should have a lot more videos, but we got over 400 videos, you know, on the yeah, YouTube it's nice, channel. It's a nice That's collection. Nice. It's still something to hang out. Yeah, yeah, 400 sure. videos is still consistent. Yeah. yeah. You know. Um, and your subscribers, you got a nice bit of subscribers, too. Yeah, yeah the yeah. subscribers have been coming yeah. up. They've been, yeah. they've been really coming up, especially this year. Uh, like, the, toward the end of last year, I hit 1,000. hit 1,000, like, in September. Yeah. That was in September. Kind of, I was I was kind of stuck at like nine hundred for like mm-hmm. like six months, <laughs> you know, like in uh, in, in twenty 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 two, um, and then like you know in in the August, I think because I was doing some work with the YMCA down in Baltimore, I was teaching a virtual course, um, and I think at the end I told everybody make sure you know subscribe to the YouTube channel. Okay, that's you, good. you know use me during the school year, right. you know, yeah. use my content for help, yeah. and I think everybody like subscribed at once and whatnot, so it pushed me over a thousand. So then I said, yeah, I'm going to try to get subscribers up on a regular basis. And I've just been steadily climbing. Like, now I'm, I think, at like 1650. Yeah, nice. I thought it was. It had like a K on it, so I knew it was a nice little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's, that's definitely a, 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 a crazy hustle because it's like, yo, subscribe right now. Like, don't, yeah. <laughs> don't do nothing else. Yeah. Do it right now. You said you're going to do it, but do it right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hit the button. Hit, yeah, hit yeah. the button. Let me see you do it. <laughs> yeah, share, let other people know about it. But, you know, so so basically through the – it's because I, I do the private – it's kind of – Kind of like this, like I, I do the private tutoring, I do the group tutoring, and um, you know, shout out to my son. My son is seventeen; he's a high school senior. He does tutoring too, nice. so it's kind of like a, you know, a father son kind of kind of deal That's that we got going dope. on. That's yeah. real dope. Um, and it's a way for you know him to make make some money. I created yeah. an opportunity for him to make some money. I don't got to hit him. I don't got to give him allowance. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a really. that's a big money. thing. Yeah, yeah, that's a big thing you for know? kids like to earn money. If you smart enough and you intelligent yeah. enough to like earn money, just Utilize tutoring that. other yeah. kids, like you know. Yeah. That's a, a great hustle. And I Definitely. think y'all, y'all, y'all had a, a nice little, like, it's this pocket right now of, like, as far as kids, go, like, post-COVID, mm-hmm. where they just, they were a year and a half without getting real, really taught anything. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I know my daughter, me and my oh. daughter going through it right now. She only in first grade. Matter of fact, why are you here? What is a double mm-hmm. fact? <laughs> double fact? A double fact. Yeah. <laughs> so is that, like, dealing with, like, addition? Or, yeah. Um. Does it deal with two-digit numbers? Yeah. Because I'll say this. It's, it's a lot of know. language. It's if a lot of language, language change, that, yeah. that different. So different people create different curriculums or okay. curricula, if you want to be technical. And they'll just name something, you know, whatever, whatever they want to call it. Right. And that's not that's not abroad. Like, it's not for yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of specific yeah. to that curriculum. Yeah. Um, See, this is what I, I would mean. like to know what that is. Though. I, need, I need to know <laughs> that. I would, I would make a video about that, you know, because yeah, yeah. this, this is one of the benefits of the, of the channel, like, it's not just for the young people. I want for parents, 
right. to be able to feel confident. Like, right. oh, I looked. Yo, when your child comes, <laughs> I looked. <laughs> so, I, so that means I need to, I need to make that for you. I need to make yeah, that for yeah. you. So <laughs> when you when your child comes home with the homework, so you don't feel that anxiety. Like, oh shit, I can't. Like, I can't help you with this. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, who can I call? Like, I want you to be able to help. You know. Um, so yeah, it's for definitely for the children, but definitely for the parents too, and for the adults. You know, for the adults. So. Because every like a lot of parents hit that um, I call it a homework help ceiling, mm-hmm. where it's like you get to a certain grade where it's like you know I always I always make this reference. It's like the movie Ray when his mom was like, "I can't do nothing for you no more, so you right. got to go right. away right. to that mm-hmm. school. Yeah. Yeah. I can't yeah. help you no more." Yeah. So I don't I want to pro I want to postpone that help postpone that as lo- as long as possible. Yeah, that's that's a definitely like a, a anxiety for me because it's like each year my kids is like. Oh, I know this. I know this. I know this. And then it gets, it's getting to a point where like, all right, I gotta look this up. Like, yeah, or I yeah. know this, or I don't remember it. Like, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Because yeah, as parents, we far removed from yeah, being yeah, from yeah. school and all that. So when it's their time to come around, it's like, <sighs> especially the language of math, like like yeah. the double fact thing and everything. It's completely changed. How, even yeah. how they do addition is just completely mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. How, and number I remember bonds and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bonds, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, when I was in school, it was just you know memorization. You know yeah, what I mean? It yeah. wasn't really a, a way to teach you how to understand how to add or why you're adding things. Yeah. And th- so, that, and that's at first I was like, I was like everybody else. Like I hated this like quote unquote new math and the common core yeah. and whatnot. But since I've had to teach it um, in the math methods courses on a college level to the education majors, I've had I've had to learn it. And once I've learned it, I'm like, I'll be reflecting constantly like on my own education. I'll be like, damn, I wish I didn't do this 30 years ago. Like, because. <laughs> yeah. Like I was, I was always real sharp, and I got good grades for the most part throughout right. all throughout school. And I was one of them, them type guys, right? But um, there was some, there was some pockets where I had some rough patches. But at the same time, I could memorize real good. I could memorize. It's like with video games, like you memorize where to go so you could beat the level, right. and you go to the next level. So that's how I approach math. But I didn't know why it worked. Yeah. But yeah. and the problem with that is. When you hit the standardized tests, the standardized tests are testing your conceptual understanding. Mm. So once you get into them standardized tests, it's like they asking you all these roundabout questions about the problem. And I'm like, nah, just give me the problem. Let me answer it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, they, but that's not what they care about. They right. want to know, do you really understand Standard, why the yeah. math works? Why do the numbers add up? And I, can, I can't tell you because right, I don't I really know. So what I'm realizing is like through the Common Core math, they're challenging the children to understand conceptually, like, why does this work? You know, like, for example, and they're giving other options and other methods that they can use, too. So you have options, you know, kind of like, you know, driving. Like, you could take this route to get home. You could take that route to get home. Um, a lot of times the way we were taught, we was given one way. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like. Here's the problem solving. Yeah, it's like it's like monotheism. It's like, you know, it's one God. Like, it's one way, yeah. to, get, one way to do the problem. If you don't do it that way, it's something wrong with you. Right. Yeah. Mm. And, and it's like. We all do it that way. Like, yeah, like that, that method of like, this is the only way to do it because we all right. do it that way. Right. So you, they're giving options now. Um, and some options, are, you know, they fit better with certain people's personalities and learning styles, you mm-hmm. know, and, and also what they already bring to the table. Um, so I like, I can appreciate it because it's like, it's forcing you to like understand conceptually. And also like, even as an example, like you take long division or the way we probably all learned how to do multiplication. We stack the numbers and then, multiply this number by that, carry the number. Mm-hmm. But there's other ways to do it, which actually show you why that, because that way is like a shortcut. Yeah. Even if it don't seem like it, that way that we learned it is actually a shortcut. When you break it out step by step into some other methods like partial products or whatever, 
um, it shows you, okay, this is linked directly to the way we learned it a long time ago, but right. I wish I'd have learned it that way because right. then it's like, oh, now I really understand, like, why that's the answer. Right. You know, I never knew why that was the answer. It was kind of like, here's the algorithm, memorize it, practice it, do a bunch of homework problems and classwork problems, and then you'll know it. Right. But I'm like, if you ask me why it works, I can't tell you. Yeah, yeah that seemed <laughs> like, to be don't like ask the, me why it works. That seemed like the thing that we grew up on, like that theory of just like, just, just memorize it. Yeah, memorize it, and then you'll just know it. And it's like, yeah. you don't understand it. So can you speak to that, though, like the whole generation where, because I feel like the the get off my lawn type person, because it's like, it's the way we learn math, and then it's the quote unquote new math, new math like, yeah. you know what I mean? And and I think that scares parents in general, or just people in general, like, nah, like, it'll be a faster way, and you just feel like, oh, that's not, yeah, that's not how we do it, like, you know? I mean, and, and it, I think it's good to know all of those different methods, like, learn, they should know, I think they should know the way that we learned it, they should learn, like, a lot of these other methods that have been unearthed, so to speak, um, and the thing is, like, a lot of it is, like, it's it's considered new math, because, like, cause we might not have seen it, but it was still some people, like, I wonder about people that attended, like, private schools, like, when I was coming up in elementary school, like my counterparts, I was in private schools. Cause I think, and I want to say like, they was probably doing this type of stuff yeah. so they could get the conceptual understanding. Yeah. Cause somebody in those spaces knew and they had the resources in order to help them or to prepare them. for the SAT. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're like, cause you really, you, you shouldn't start preparing for the SAT in high school, you know? Yeah. Cause it's, at that point it's like, you know, it's like, you know, it's like with that Drake album, if you're reading this now, it's too late. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like that. Like, right. So you really got to start that preparation level, like, at first grade, you know? So, I mean, that might sound weird. Like, you're not going to give her, like, an SAT book in right, first grade. Right. But the way you're it's teaching her math right. is the tools, the tools you're teaching her in a way yeah. where when she gets to that level, she'll be able she to well understand prepared. math in that, in that way. You know what I mean? Um, That's big. I never heard that before. So I definitely think we gotta we gotta do that. Like, mm. and start to embrace it. Like, you know, embrace it. Like, it's something that we should have learned. Yeah, but we didn't. Um, that's how I look at it, and and I like it. I actually like it because it, it, it makes sense. You know, it's like it gives it, and then it's like, you know, it's kind of like here's another thing I thought about too. Like a contradiction. I thought about this the other day. Like if we we you know we encounter somebody that could do like you know what we think is like complex math like in their head like somebody that could do like four four thousand nine hundred seventy two times. 81, just do it in their head, right? We'll be, we'll be impressed by that person, yeah. right? But a lot of the so-called new math includes techniques that really would enable our children to be able to do that too. But yet, as parents, we'll get frustrated and be like, this shit dumb. Why we got to do this? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's me. That's me. <laughs> that's like, that's me. Where you but getting it, to with all yeah, that? Yeah. <laughs> like, where you headed so I'll be like, yes. what? <laughs> so I'm like, I, but, I, but I think it's because in the defense of those parents, it's like you don't know that the person that you're impressed by that can do that math in their head, right? You don't know that there's a direct connection to this common core math and these different math skills that would enable your own child to be that person that yeah. could be able to do that type of math in their head. Like, like I... I learned the distributive property in algebra. I never knew how useful it was in like just basic math, like like multiplying like 33 times five, right? Distributive property is just like, you take the 33. We need a whiteboard for you next yeah, time. You break, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, try to visualize it, right? Yeah, you take yeah. 33, you break it down into a number that ends in zero and, the, and another number. So 33 could break down into 30 and three. Mm. Right. Yeah. So instead of trying to do 33 times 5, like in your head, doing the, what you would do on paper, 30, 30 times, times 5, five and 
You get your 150, yeah. three times five, 15. Yeah. Put them together. Yeah. Right. 165. Exactly. I yeah. totally forgot what the distribu- <laughs> distributed yeah. property was until he just, I remember now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah they yeah. just broke it down. I and and that's the down. distributed property, but I never knew like that you could do it with just straight numbers. I always thought it was just for like variables and algebra and whatnot, but I never yeah. knew like, because when you're doing the 30, you break the 33 down into 30 and 3, the 30 and 3 are in the, like in parentheses. Right. And mm-hmm. the 5 is outside. So you got to give the 5 or distribute the 5 to the 30 yeah. and to the 3. And to the right. 3, yeah. And you could do that like, with anything, it just makes math, it makes mental yeah. math so much easier. Yeah. Just everyday life, like, you never know, like, what type of multiplication you got to do. And it'll just, it'll speed the process up in so many, like, things. That's the, yeah, it's, that's, that's crazy. What but, you, but what happens is, real quick, like, and see, this is the thing, like, once you start to, like, learn how numbers really work, like, on a fundamental level, then you start to develop a love for math. Because you start to see it like, yo, this is really a tool. This ain't something for me to just be scared of and try to avoid. Yeah. Like, I could really do some things with this. And this can actually make my life easier mm. once I learn it. But it's got to be taught like that, though. Yeah, we only, we only do math when we, when we need math. Because yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh. that, that's how it's taught. It's taught in a way where it's like... It's not you, a tool. It's just yeah. A, yeah you you want it. It's a necessary evil. It's a means it's to an end, yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> you and do it for bills yeah. and, 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 and right. that's it. Like. Yeah. And, then, and then you'd be like, because you, because you have this negative attitude towards it, that's kind of been fostered, you know, throughout your life, you'd be like, yo, where's my calculator? I'm yeah, going yeah. to the calculator yeah. do everything. Right. And then a lot of times it's like, if you really understood it, understood how the numbers really work out, you wouldn't need a calculator. Or you'd like, you'd know when you're doing a wrong calculator. Because sometimes you could do the the wrong calculation. But you put it in the wrong, yeah, you put yeah, it in the wrong Put it in the calculator the wrong yeah. way. That happens mm-hmm. too. But um, yeah, it's got, it's got to be taught differently. But at the same time, to get deeper and get more political... Yeah. I also have a fundamental belief that none of this is accidental. The way we're taught math and the way we regard math, because math is really about helping people develop their critical thinking skills, helping people develop problem solving ability. Yeah, that's direct correlation to that. Consequential thinking, all of that. So once you talk about you got a society where it's predicated on you got an elite group, you got a few halves. Yeah. And a whole lot of have-nots right. that have yeah. a lot of problems. So if you teach people, give people a tool that they can use to solve their problems, now the people that hold those resources, they become threatened. That's true. So, or, But, I, but the, the, the delicate balance is I got to make it seem like I'm trying to teach you while actually not teaching you. So yeah. when I try to teach you, when I give it to you, I got to teach it in a way that's still going to make you uncomfortable with it. So you can't say that I tried to hold it back from you. I just, I want to teach you so that you don't love it. Yeah. Well, that's where the term, you know, calculated risk. And, you know, you always say to people like, yo, like, yo, you didn't think before you like, you know, if you had that critical thinking Mm -hmm. to say, yo, the risk and reward doesn't weigh out. And that's a a sign of math too. Like it's all math. It's all math. Yeah. It's all math. You got to, you got to measure that. Like, you know, risk, risk, like you said, risk versus reward. Like, is this really a good idea? Yeah. Like what's the potential outcome of this? If, 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 you know, like even with something as simple as like a bank robbery, like if you rob a bank and don't kill nobody, you might not get that much time. But if you rob a bank and kill somebody, like even like a hell of all a comparison. that, yeah. But all <laughs> that, I'm just saying, and and and, and calculation, people just don't think it's, it's all a, it's, it's all, all a, a math equation, a yeah. mathematical approach to yeah, life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Once you start looking at you know life through a mathematical lens, it's like things start to make a lot more sense, you know. And you still might not make the best decision, but at least you're like. Your calculations. Yeah, it's yeah. like, uh, and sometimes you still might not do the right thing. 
right? You still might, like, I might do the calculation. I might, like, you know, figure, like, okay, um, objectively speaking, you know, what's the best option, you know, for me right now? And I know the best option, but then I might still, def- you know, I'm human. I might still default to emotion. Like, yeah. well, right now I feel like doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I know that what I should true. do. That is true. But, but at least I know. But we use know? terms, we use terms like, oh, it, that it, that don't add up to me. And we're not talking about not, not a near number. Like, true. you know right, what I mean? Right. Just, just in general, like, you right, know. Right, right. But I do think it's, a, it's a, a, a big group of people who don't, like, calculate the risk before they do things and then they end up in trouble. Like, you know what I mean? They end up in a lot of trouble and it's like that core, like, thinking value of, like, being able to just do the math about things. Quantitative reasoning, exactly. quantitative analysis, like yeah, how much? Bro. Like I told my, I told my my, my children this. Like, well, my daughter especially, I'll be I'll be going at it with her sometimes, and like she'll say something to me like, um, you know, she'll try, she'll try to tell me how much something is, and she'll be like a little bit, like what's a little bit? <laughs> how much is that? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. Or, you know, like no, nah, you got to quantify that. You gotta, <laughs> yeah, you gotta give yeah. me a number. You gotta give me. A, but I'm trying to like she's she's about to be 11, so and she knows better. She knows better. So when she do that, she know I'm gonna say something to her, right? Because that's how I raised her. Like you know, no, be be very, and that's that's like a life skill to be very firm and be direct with people, especially when you want something. Right. Don't try to like you know be wishy washy and try to like hope that yeah. they're gonna give you what you want. No, be very be very clear. Like no, I need this much. Right. I yeah. need I need fifteen dollars right now, mm-hmm. or I need, you know, can you come get me in, in 25 minutes? Yeah. You know, you know, just be be very firm and, and be very clear. And if you don't teach that, that carries into kids' adult life. And you have people now, like, as they get older, they like, well, say what you mean. Like, I don't know and stuff like that. No, say what you really mean. And that yeah. comes from you a child. People, you, yeah. got, you got a group of people now scared to ask for the salary that they deserve at a, at a job interview. You know what I mean? So yeah. That's, yeah. that's definitely a good life skill to learn. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I struggle with that, too, just, like, teaching, teaching my kids, my my personal thing, like like calculating risk and stuff like that. Like you know that if you don't, like my son, he he got this thing now where he has to bring home his Chromebook, his laptop to do some of his work. And if you get off the bus with that, you in trouble. Like you know what I mean. So you mm. should know to bring that home. Like mm. so, as soon as he don't bring that home, like the phone going up, that's it. That's it for the day. Like, but it's like you know, keep that in mind when you going through your day and you having fun at school. That like all right, when the day end, I need that. Like that's a yeah, part of my. Right. You know what I mean. And there's a, so there's a, a brother, um, a late scholar, African Center scholar, um, psychologist, Amos N. Wilson, and one one time he made he helped me make a connection between psychology and political science and mathematics. When he was in a lecture, he was talking about consequential thinking, like kind of like to what to your right. point, what you just mentioned, like what's gonna happen, what your son is, what's gonna happen to your son if he leaves his Chromebook mm-hmm. right on the bus, right? So. Consequential thinking can be taught through math word problems because all math word problems do is they give you some information about something and then they say, okay, if this is like this and this is like this, then what would happen if this happens? So it leaves you to what would happen or how much time would it take to do this then if I just told you this? Mm -hmm. So we're like, but a lot of times we don't we don't get into the word problems. And I'm going to be honest, like when I was coming up, word problems were like my Achilles heel. I I was I was good at the like. Give me the equation. Right. I saw the equation all day. Or we but just picked the numbers out of it. Like, yeah. all right, this number, that number, that number. Yeah, that's, you that's just what guess. You, you, do you start, you yeah, start yeah. guessing, like, do I add, do I yeah. subtract? Yeah. But the word problems teach consequential thinking because when you develop that mindset of, like, okay, you're giving me information, and you're saying that this is the, this is the scenario, and this is what happens with this type of information. And then you're saying, okay, well, let's imagine what would happen if this happens, mm-hmm. right? So it teaches you, like, okay, I know the formula. I know how to set the equation up. And then what I got to do is I got to figure out, 
what's going to happen in this other scenario? What's going to be the consequences of this happening? You know, and then that's something you could take, you know, throughout your own life and then apply, and apply your own, own scenarios and own situations. But a lot of us, we don't do, we don't learn the word problems or we kind of shy away from the word problems. Right. And, you know, even in my teaching career, like a lot of times because I was weak as a student with word problems, I would shy away from teaching word problems. And the way the curriculum is set up often, it lends itself to your, towards your ability to do that because a lot of times the word problems come at the end of the chapter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we're under, you're under time constraints. Yeah. So then it's like, okay, well, I taught y'all how to do the equations. Now we got to go into the next chapter. Mm-hmm. So we never take the time. And a lot of times, word problems are going to take a lot of time because in word problems, this is something else a lot of people don't realize. We have this, like, um, this false dichotomy, people saying, well, I'm a reading person. I'm not a math person. So then children think that. They learn that. They hear their parents say that. That's they go into the math saying. class. Yeah. You see the word problem. And you're like, well, I got to read. This is a math class. Mm-hmm. Not understanding that in order to do math, you got to have a strong reading comprehension first. Because you got to be able to interpret the problem right. before you even get into the numbers. And it's before you even get into, <laughs> get into the equation, you got to know how to read. Right. So and so that's to another point, math is like a scapegoat a lot of times. Yeah. Because a well, lot of times you, yeah, people got you the, as a reading person, so you can't like, or you're a math person, you can't read, read yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. So one or the other, but or somebody has a reading issue. Yeah. But in math class, they can't do math. They can't do word problems. So you think it's a math issue? It's really a reading you're issue. Reading. Oh, yeah, wow. Exactly. It's really a reading issue because a lot of I know a lot of young boys like I give you a, a equation, boom, three x plus five equals twenty. They'll solve it, no problem, real quick. I give you a word problem that where you would derive 3x plus 5 equals 20 from that word problem and then solve it, but you don't know how to make the connection. You don't know how to read the word problem and interpret it in a way where, oh, yeah, okay, I can convert this to 3x plus 5 equals 20. Mm. They don't know. They never learned that. Yeah. So that's another job that we have to do as math teachers. And we really really should get down with, like, reading specialists and the ELA teachers, but – Again, that that false dichotomy where it's like, oh, I'm a reading person because you got like a lot of it's a lot of brilliant people that teach reading, teach ELA, English language arts, and they themselves through this negative self talk and programming feel like I'm not a math person, mm. so I stay away from math. Yeah, or the the the, the um the sentiment that if you're good at one, you're not that good at the other. Like, right. You know, <laughs> yeah, like. But so, I see you. I saw you use the the phrase uh, histamatics, and I. Yeah, now, that's, is that your phrase before? That's my that's my phrase. Right, it's so it's I, trademarked. I'm like, I'm like, I ain't seen nobody else use it. <laughs> but it's, it's me. yeah, that's yeah. Me. It's like I ain't seen nobody else use it. But <laughs> I, like, I know it's come from you. But it's like blue stay, magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a brand. It's a brand. So you stated that it's like um, that mathematics is not like apop, apolitical. Apolitical. Yeah, apolitical. That's what I meant. It's, it's been a long day for me, man. And not, not even it. though tequila, it's just a long day for me. <laughs> you said uh, math is not apolitical. Uh, can you elaborate on that? What you meant by that? Yeah, man. I mean, the thing is, is like when you, when you get into like, um, there's been a lot of conversation in the last ten years, ten to fifteen years about culturally responsive pedagogy or corpor- culturally competent pedagogy, um, which really just means that. Um, speaking to the culture of the student that you're trying to teach instead of like trying to impose somebody else's culture onto them, you know, and a lot of, t- a lot of textbooks are not culturally responsive to black children. Yeah, they they're don't just, even have black not. names. They don't even have black names in some of these mm-hmm. books. Yeah. Like, and you know, it's, it's really, it's, it's really violent. It's, it's really a form of, it's a form of cultural violence and it, it makes you feel as a child and even as an adult that like math is not for you. 
Because yeah. if you go into a math textbook, every formula named after a white man. Johnny has five apples. Yeah. <laughs> and the, na- yeah, the names, you yeah. know. But even that, so that's a game. That's another game, too, because so what some people will do is try to be, like, real cosmetic with it. And they'll, like, they'll take that word problem, Johnny has five apples, mm-hmm. and they'll just replace the names. Now it's, like, Raheem and Keisha. But it's, like, it's the same scenario yeah. that still is not part of the culture of those children. Or making green bean casserole or you something just, like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you just put the names on there. You just yeah. slap the names on there. But it's yeah. like, nah, we don't do that. Yeah. Like, right. We don't get in all that. So automatically yeah. you shy away from me because <laughs> yeah. like, you asking me to, first of all, my, my reading might not be that strong. And then you ask me to solve a problem that don't relate to me. And it's you like, even got an apple I'm tree around yeah. the way. Like, what <laughs> you talking yeah. about? Like, I'm dealing with somebody else's problem. It's not even, like, I don't even, I can't relate to this problem they're going through. I don't want to solve it. Until you're point about math people claiming that math is apolitical math is very political because even the decision of whose name you're going to put in the problem that's a political decision yeah because that that lets you know who you're talking to exactly it's like you know when i'm when i make word problems i might make a word problem about um i try to be very intentional i might make a word problem about the black panther party mm-hmm. i might put like you know huey newton and bobby seal did this they got together and they was at on the campus of um University of California at Berkeley, and they were selling copies of the Red Book. They were trying to get money. They was fundraising. That's a political decision. I'm being very intentional because I want you to know that I want you to learn the math behind it and practice the math skill, but I also want you to learn about the Black Panther Party. We should do, a, do more of it, but it's been done. Um, I think I'm sure our ancestors were doing this, you know, in terms of, like, how they were teaching us and whatnot. And even, like, if you look at, like, SAT prep and whatnot, like, you take the SAT, you might see a problem in the math section. It might be a word problem. Talking about you know George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, yeah. So it's I'm but it's cool a math but that. it's a math problem. <laughs> it's a math problem. Yeah. But what they're doing is the problem is going to basically try to reinforce reinforce the so called greatness of these of the, these white yeah, men, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Leaving out the fact that and I, and we can make problems about that. But when I make a problem about George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, I'm going to talk about you know enslaved Africans. Mm-hmm. I talk about um, I might try to mention if it's age appropriate. Uh, Thomas Jefferson and Sally Hemmings, mm-hmm. you know him being a rapist, right. you know those types of things, you know to put that in there. That's a political decision, mm-hmm. just like they make a political decision to try to promote them and prop them up, like they're these great men, these great humans, which they weren't. Right, you know what I'm saying. Right, but um, but yeah. So to your point about math and see, math and science, especially some of the most polit- among the most political subjects, because like the, you know what's being calculated, how's it being calculated. You know, who's it being calculated for? You know? Um, and then when you think of, like, mathematics, like... Just to bring to your point about science, I don't mean to interrupt you, but even, like, when you think about... I'm just... When you said that, I'm thinking back. Like, when I learned about George Washington Carver, I never learned about George Washington Carver in a science in a science book. It was in a history book or a black right. history class. Oh, it was definitely in February. That was it. <laughs> like, the stuff you learn, like, the inventions that black people uh, make... You learn um, about them in February, in February not yeah. not in textbooks or not in in science mm-hmm. classes. No, it's not a science disco- discovery. Yeah. Um, it's just a black like pat on the back, it's like the, yeah. yeah, some random. And it, they, you know, <laughs> when they talk about Carver, it's like, and then you know, again, the political narrative of like, okay, these were the first black person that did this, or this black person that tried to help. They helped America. You know, right. America hated them though. America mm-hmm. hate, hated us, right? Um, so when we look at things from a different perspective. It's like, okay, what were they doing to affirm their humanity? And what traditions were they continuing on that date back to the when we was on the continent of Africa before the slave trade or before the Mayafa, you know? 
So these are the things that this is, it's, it's another way to think about it. And especially like, like I like that you brought that up. Like Carver is not seen as a scientist. He's seen as like a historic event. A, yeah, a histor- yeah, historical person. Like somebody got lucky. Somebody made peanut butter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he's really like he's a scientist. Like he was at Tuskegee putting in work with, mm-hmm. with Booker T. Washington. And Car- the thing I learned about Carver was because um, when my son my son goes to Carver, so when he went there, I was like, "Yo, I need to like learn about Carver." Like you know, because I don't feel right. You know, my, son, my son going to Carver. And I don't know a lot about Carver. Like yeah, I try yeah, to yeah. I try to know stuff, right? So um, I read one little one biography about him. Um, Matter of fact, I think the biography was by Shirley Graham Du Bois, Du Bois' the second wife. Right. Um, this particular biography, but I found out that he um, he had this like he got with uh, Washington, and they they came up with this idea, like some. And this kind of, I'm glad I brought this up, right? Because it's it's all connected. It's kind of what I'm doing with the All This Math YouTube channel, because I do the private tutoring. You know, people pay for that mm. group tutoring, individual tutoring, but I don't have. It's only 24 hours in a day. Plus, everybody can't afford that. So the YouTube channel is free. That's for everybody. YouTube channel is for the streets. Yes. That's for any and everybody. What Carver was doing was he had this, like, traveling, like, science buggy. This buggy is horse and carriage. It was like a traveling, like, science lab. So he would leave the campus of Tuskegee University. Shout out to Tuskegee, HBCU. Mm-hmm. And go into the rural areas and teach science to the people that couldn't afford to enroll in the college. Right. So they was, that's what they was doing on a regular basis. Um, and these are the stories that are very important and not, not just in February, but you know, whenever, just so people know, like, damn, like our people was really doing that, you know? Um, Cause that's when, when you get into like, it takes a village. Yeah. That's what it's really about. Like, and we got a lot of examples, Yeah, you know, examples like that. So, you know, Carver, when I learned that about Carver, I'm like, yeah, that's dope. Mm. In addition to what he was already doing, what he did with soybeans um, to help put um, nitrogen back into the soil because, you know, the plan is they was just, they was, they was trying to get a bag. And they just, yeah, like, didn't care about gutting, gutting the, the ecology right. or, or the, the ecological, you know, consequences of, like, all the, the cotton harvesting they was doing. They was ruining the soil. They well, ruined they, the soil in the South. Same shit they're doing now. Yeah. yeah. No, nothing is about preservation. It's just about getting to the getting money. Nothing. Yeah. money. Yeah. Yeah. Getting to the money. So Carver's, like, responsible for doing, for doing a lot of that. Um, so, you know, and, and we can make, like, with, with a histomatics framework, we could like, make math problems about all the stuff Carver was doing. Because um, the goal is, like, to teach the math. Because, like, in the classroom, what I realized was, so our, our children have math deficiencies already, but then they also have historical deficiencies, right? So I realized, like, at one point, um, when I was teaching at Del Val, and Fatim was in his class. He was in my black Philly class, African Americans in Philadelphia. It was a, it was a localized history of Philadelphia, of it was like an African American history course, but based in Philadelphia, because I knew that they weren't getting what they needed from the African American history courses. I knew they wasn't for whatever for ver- for different reasons, but they wasn't getting what they needed, and it was like just, just very basic things that I, that I recognized, like they didn't know who like you know Mumia Abu Jamal was, um, they didn't know who Cecil B Moore was. You know, yeah. a lot of them. And they take the sub, get off at that stop. Maybe. Get off mm-hmm. at season more, we had no clue. But the thing is, I also realized that it wasn't their fault. It was our fault. Yeah. It was my fault. Because they the children. We, we the adults. We supposed to teach them. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, they don't know. Okay, so we could we could be like the, the bitter old heads and just complain about them. Or we could do something about it. So I'm like, you know what? I got an opportunity. I'm going to try to do something about it. So started the class, 
he was learning about different things, Black Panther Party, Mumia, um, Cecil B. Moore, you know, different people, just so at least they'd be able to say, oh, okay, I know who that is. Yeah. You know, because it's like really a shame when you'd be like, damn, you live here, you don't even know who that is. And they you go know? a long way, though, because it might just be something they know to them, but to their kids it might be something that's yeah. very impactful, or to their little cousins or somebody else they can teach the same thing to them. And you just don't know. Like I, I I'm a, I'm big on that. We just don't know a lot of things. Like yeah. a lot of things we just not like Wasn't we like foreign to. Yeah, yeah we yeah. foreign to a lot of mm-hmm. even some of these like um and this was an example that I came to like sports. Like some sports, like I saw squash play for the first time in my life in my thirties. Yeah. And it's like I don't even know what that is. Or like water polo. I'm like, I never even saw that before. And I'm pretty sure we could dominate a lot of those things, yeah. but we just don't have uh, you know, access, access. to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So about access. Yeah, yeah. My, my son was in a program called um, Squash Smarts. That's how. That's when I first heard about squash. So yeah. it was like, you know. You play squash? The, I don't. I never played it. No, um, I said he played He squash? played it, yeah. He oh, that's it. crazy. Yeah. Yeah, because of this program. You yeah. know, it was one of those, you know, programs sponsored by, like, some nonprofit, you know, like, save all the kids in the hood and whatnot. And yeah. Right. Expose them to something that they typically won't get exposed to. Um, so it was one of, one of those type of situations. And, uh, you know, he took advantage of it. He was going there. Um, after school, a couple of days a week for like, like in middle school, I think in like seventh, eighth grade, I think he, he fell off like around like ninth and tenth. Okay, wasn't cool no more, you know. <laughs> so yeah, like, yeah, that's how it usually is. He had some other other uh, opportunities. Yeah, um, after school around that time, but um, but yeah, but um, yeah, we just we just don't have access. A lot of stuff we just we just don't know. Yeah, how mm-hmm. how um, important is it to you for like representation? Like, I see what gravitate me to like your YouTube channel and stuff like that. Like, when your videos come on, it's like a rap beat maybe in the bag, or it's like somebody to look like me, and it's like, all right, yeah. I can get with that. Like, a lot of times, like like some stuff you check out early because like oh, this person don't know what they talking about. Right. Or like yeah. similar to the, the the like oh Sally with three apples, and it's like oh yeah. like you know what I mean. So how how important is that to you for like identification? Just? Well, even off camera, we, me and you was talking before they got here. Well, I was saying like some of the, the greatest mathematicians I know, they was hustlers. Yeah, in the street, you know what I mean. So yeah. that was the only representation of, of mathematicians that I knew of. So representation is a is a tricky concept, and I'm gonna say this because. Like on the surface, it seems positive, and I'm all I'm all for like black people being represented in spaces, um, and and black children being able to see black people in these spaces. Mm-hmm. But what happens is, oftentimes that becomes the goal, and that becomes the end goal, and that becomes enough, right? And that's when we fall into the trap of being the first black person to do this, or just satisfying it. Yeah, and it's like what ends up happening is you end up being the black person in the space, in in the white controlled space. Mm-hmm. And then it seems as... What's your impact as if, at that point? Yeah, and it's, and it's like that's enough when in fact the goal should be, yeah, we should be represented, but we can be represented in spaces that we control yeah, ourselves. Our space, yeah. mm-hmm. Our yeah. own spaces. Because right. even if you're represented in the space that somebody else's, else controls, it's like they can they can do with you what they want. Mm-hmm. When, they're, when they're ready to, okay, you know, Police just killed another black man. You know, we got to calm the people down, so we need more representation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once that dies down, the people are not mad about that no more. Now we can get rid of you. We're going to deploy you at our need. We, gave you, we gave you right. the spot, so we're going we gonna to leverage it on you against you. And it's not February, and it's, yeah. and it's not Black History Month no more. Like, yeah. <laughs> we don't need, <laughs> yeah. no more. We yeah. don't need we, representation we no yeah. more. Yeah. Like the congressmen, they're not kneeling down with the Kente clothes oh, okay. no more. Yeah. Yeah. That's over. Yeah. Yeah. So they're not doing that no more, right? Like, uh, what's the name? She said Nancy she, uh, she keep a, uh, 
What's, what's my girl? She says she keep a hot, hot sauce, sauce in the bag. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or if you I don't vote for me, you not black. Yeah. 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 But that's wow. but that's but and it's not easy to like create though your own spaces. So yeah, we got to be honest about that. But it's like an issue of like we got you got to choose your heart. Yeah. Because it's gonna be hard to create your own space. It's gonna be hard. Like we shouldn't even like try to romanticize that. That's not easy work. That's hard work. But it's also gonna be hard to fit into spaces with people that collectively and generally and historically have never loved you. So representation, I think it's just, we just have to be careful that our goal for representation is not just representation. Because if the goal is just representation, then we're never going to get out of the situation. Because what's going to happen is that's not going to help the masses. It's going to help like the person that's doing the representing, you know, they might be, they might be helped financially. They're going to have notoriety. They're going to have like, you know, wealth, they're going to have some personal wealth and whatnot, but the collective can't grow off of that. The collective can grow when we got enough of our own institutions. You just become inspiration at that point. Inspiration without action is just a dream. Yeah. So, Or like you said, watering the the, the, uh, the flower, not the seed. So it's like, you Mm -hmm. know, people getting there, like we, like you said, representation, but it's nothing, you can't leverage that because it's still, it's still a pawn in a spot. And I mean, like, you know, the, so I, I'm trying to I try to be more balanced these days, right? Because I'm a lot of things I'm very critical of that I see in in popular popular culture and popular society. But so I'm trying to see the positive too. Like so, I mean it it is value in you know seeing a black man and, and even in, even if it's a white control space, it's, it's value for a young black child to see a black man there or a black woman there. Right. That's cool. Um, but I guess I just don't want because it may, it may make them feel like okay I can do that too. But hopefully they're able to like surpass that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and they'll be like, okay, yeah, that was cool. They did that. But what if we, you know, had our Tweaking. own spaces? Yeah. 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 Like like for example, like I remember, you know, one of my reflections on um Barack Obama. And I was, you know, people that know me, you know, I was very critical of, of Obama and whatnot for, you know, for many different reasons. But I think one of the reasons that he was so valuable to people was because of his representation, mm. which which I can appreciate. I can appreciate um, people wanting to see a black man in the, in the White House. Right. But I also realized that one of the reasons that I was not so impressed was because I know about Kwame Nkrumah, mm-hmm. first president of independent Ghana. I know about Sekou Toure, president of Guinea. You know, pan, all these Pan-Africanist leaders, Julius Nyeri in Tanzania, um, Patrice Lumumba in the Congo before he got assassinated in 61 um, by the Belgian government and the United States government had a hand in that too. So if it's like if you want to see black people leading nations, we can look at some black people that led nations outside of the United look States. Elsewhere, yeah. And once we see that, then it's like, okay, Barack Obama starts to pale in comparison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But as long as you've never seen them people, you don't know about them people. And even, even the Queens and the women. Or they teach know, us, they women. teach us that, that that doesn't count to us. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that, like, Oh, that's minuscule, like, oh, to right. be a leader in Africa. It's not America, though. It's not here. It's not here, so it don't count. Right. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, but it's, it's, it's all about perspective. But, again, it, it comes back to the education, you know. And then, so it's like, it's why with histamatics, it's like, you know, I try to get those people in there. Like, you know, I might you might see me on my channel in a video where I'm doing a lesson on 
solving systems of equations, but I got my, my Patrice Lumumba t-shirt on. Yeah. So it's like, okay, you've been exposed to Patrice Lumumba, you've seen the picture, hopefully you do your own at research. At the very least, you'll Google it. Yeah, 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 at, yeah, at, yeah. at a minimum. Yeah, you got me feeling like I need to do a little more research, all right? Yeah, yeah I me mean, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely going to go back <laughs> to this episode, like, write the name, yeah. all right, so. How you spell that again? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because that you know that's that's the goal. Because like you know me yeah. me learning about these people like just affected me just just not only as a teacher but as a father and as a, as a black man. You know, it's mm-hmm. like it, it does give you a sense of like racial esteem and race pride just to know about these people. Because I mean, we we probably I mean Malcolm X has so many popular quotes, so many quotables, right? But you know, one of the things he, he said that always resonates. One of the many things that resonates with me is when he said, you know, if you've never done anything, then you can't do anything. So That's you gotta true. you gotta know what you what you've done, and you know we. But if you didn't know that you did this, then it makes sense that you would move the way a person that has never done anything moves. Right. Yeah. You know, but the problem is, it's, it's twenty four hours in a day. You know, it's, it's in this capitalist system, we gotta work and we gotta do this and we gotta do that, and so many distractions, so many so many things in place to keep us from just learning. Yeah, I understand know? that. I and, understand. and at the same time, um, since I bring that up. One of the things I got, I've had to realize is that it is, a, it is a type of privilege to be able to learn, to be able to just like sit and just read. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's a certain level of privilege involved with that because that means that you have, that means you're making enough money to pay your bills, and then you still have time left over to just like read a book. Yeah. yeah. When everybody, when I, I've, I've, I've come, to, I've come to the realization that everybody doesn't have that, that much time because mm-hmm. they're working. Right. You know, because they got they got to keep a roof over their head, yeah, yeah. or it'll guilt you into feeling that you don't you don't have the time. Like you yeah. know what I mean? You might pull a book out and you like I could be doing something yeah. else. So that's so then it, it becomes incumbent upon the people that do have more time, like myself, to try to create spaces and opportunities for the people that don't have as much time, so to speak, to still be able to learn. Yeah. So that's another that's another reason why like I'm building out the platform. I'm I'm a big uh, like component in like creating the uh, creating an opportunity for your next generation. Like so, mm-hmm. what I don't have, I might not be able to obtain. But if I create the avenue that my kids can have it, like you know what I mean. Maybe I I wasn't like like for for example with me like I felt like college wasn't a reach to me. That's how I felt. But it's my it's my job to like create that that space for my kids to never feel that way. Like you know what I mean, or never feel like oh you you shut off to things. Or if my kid want to sit down and read, I can. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like far as that, or like like a lot of times uh, minorities like when you get to a certain age, like oh you got work. Like you fifteen mm-hmm. sixteen, you got to work. Mm-hmm. So it's my mm-hmm. job to create a space where my kids can just learn. Like you know what yeah. I mean? So being having to have avenues that you can just like create something for the next generation. I think some so many times people look at. They shortcomings and what they didn't know and don't take that and like apply that to the next generation and like learn a lesson in that fact. I salute you for that. I salute you for that. Definitely, man. Cause like we gotta we gotta always think about like not not only the collective in the present, but those that have yet to be born. Yeah. You know, it's like when, you know, in a lot of like um like different African centered ceremonies and ceremonies reflective of African culture like Kwanzaa, when we like pour the libations out, like you not only are like showing love and paying homage to those that have transitioned, the ancestors from the past, but you're also paying homage to those that have yet to be born yet. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, your work is really meant to, like, you know, create a certain type of world, like, for them, you know? Like, I tell people, you know, I tell people, like, all often that um, a lot of what I do, because I, I noticed this about, um, like, social media. Like, 
people often tend to be like so thankful when you just like share their content. And I'm just like, it's nothing to me. It's nothing. But then I learned that like, oh, everybody doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but then I realized like it's because I'm collective is ori- I'm, I'm oriented as a collectivist as and less of an individualist. Because like when I'm sharing some of my content, I'm doing it because I'm doing it out of selfishness. Yeah. Because I realize I've identified people in groups where I want for my children, I want myself and I want my children, my future grandchildren, future great grandchildren, and so on. I want them to live in a world where these type of people and this type of content is dominant. Yeah. That's how that's what I want them to see. So when I'm sharing some of my stuff. It's like, oh no, it, it, it's for you. I'm trying. I'm showing you support, but understand, like, be clear, like, right. I appreciate what you're doing, right? And it's for my benefit, right? Also, so it's it's for it's for both of our benefits, mm. you know. Um, but yeah, you got and, and another thing too to your point, I think a lot. Of, what I want a lot of us, more of us, to think about is that again, individualism will get you caught up because you want the results, you want to benefit and reap the benefits from the results of your work, right. where you know it's. This brother I studied, another African-centered psychologist, Bobby Wright, Dr. Bobby Wright, late Bobby Wright. One of the things he said in the interview was like, you know, you might not, you might not be suppo- able, you might not be supposed to see the benefits in your lifetime. It might not be for you. It might be for your grandchildren or your great grandchildren. And you got to be okay with that. Yeah, you got to be okay with yeah, it. Yeah. But you got to do the work because if you don't do the work, then your great grandchildren won't see it. They won't see it at all. They definitely won't see it, mm-hmm. right? But a lot of people are like, nah, I'm, I'm trying to, I got to eat. I got to eat off of this, mm-hmm. you know, but maybe it's not for you to eat. Maybe it's for somebody that you don't even know so that they can eat, you know. So I think that's something we got to, I think that's like an explicit concept and an explicit conversation that we got to have in the community about, like, how we move, you know, because sometimes, like, sacrifice, some, some, le- some level of sacrifice has to be made, and we got to be okay with the fact that, you know, we might not benefit from the work that's being done. We got into a lot today. We, we mm-hmm. talked about a lot of stuff today, but we are a dad podcast. <laughs> so let's get into fatherhood. Like, what what does fatherhood mean to you? Fatherhood. Um, fatherhood means playing the role of trying to develop responsible handlers of power. Mm-hmm. You know, playing play my role. Um, it's, it's uh, you know, and I, I was thinking about this when I was on my way up here. I wanted to um, commend y'all because I, I appreciate the name for this podcast because the name that y'all chose, it speaks to the idea that, you know, you're always going to be learning. Right. Appreciate you know, that. It's, Thank you. it's always going to be a process. Like, Absolutely. I got, a, I got a son that's 17 years old, and I've learned some things along that journey, um, but I still mess up, you know. Um and it's interesting because I got a I got an eleven year old daughter, almost eleven. Shout out to Asada, and I got a three year old son. He'll be four in in uh, May, and I was, it's like it's almost like he's like Nassim two point Kwame is like Nassim two point It's like <laughs> you know, but I, I've made a lot of mistakes with Nassim. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe I shouldn't call them mistakes. They were uh, teachable Lessons, moments. Right? Yeah, you learn. It, learn. Yeah, it was yeah. learning. I was doing yeah. a lot of learning. Um, on the job training. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly, exactly yeah, what it yeah, is. Yeah, that's that's heavy. perfect right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, fatherhood is is about making the commitment to keep keep learning and keep just trying to do better, you know, on a on a on a daily basis and a regular basis. And, you know, it's all it's also about um putting the well being and the welfare of another person above your own. 
you know, mm-hmm. and that's actually why that's how Nassim got his name because his name it's an Arabic name. It means either a new beginning or a fresh breath of air. Mm. And I remember, like when he was born, I started hyperventilating. I remember because you know he was in emergency C section because you know young boy had a big head. <laughs> oh, like, there it go. He was swelling up his his mom's cervix was getting swollen up, so they had to do the emergency C section. And I had to you know hold hold uh, hook up on you know so I could be sterile and whatnot and the whole hat and then the you know the thing the scrubs and all that and uh, started like hyperventilating. I had the same thing. <laughs> I had so, the same thing happen to me. So it felt like you know a new beginning. Like you know I was it was almost like a rebirth of of sorts. You know, mm-hmm. and, I, and I was thinking about how that was the first time in my life where I would ever felt like I, I was obligated to put somebody else's well-being ahead of my own. Right. Um, and I think that that's a fundamental idea. And I think that, you know, we're going to make mistakes and, you know, we're going to we're going to learn from learn some things along the way. Definitely. But as long as we fundamentally are trying to put the welfare of somebody else, a child ahead of our own. You know, then we'll we'll probably we'll end up doing the right thing more times than not. We still gonna we still gonna do it, get it wrong because sometimes you might think, well, this is for the for the best for them, but it's actually not. You know, but um, but yeah, that core value you'll never go wrong. Right? Yeah, yeah, putting you put and it's you know it's it's challenging, especially in this era of you know how do I say this? It's challenging in this era of self care and. I'm doing me and put yourself mm-hmm. first. And mm-hmm. I hear people repeat these things and say these things, but I don't think they really understand the ramifications of these belief systems and how they play out in real time. Mm-hmm. Because if you really go far with, go all the way with that, then you're neglecting, you're going to end up neglecting your responsibilities one way or another, yeah. you know, and you know, children are going to suffer and, um, not to say that you shouldn't provide for yourself that you sh- not to say I'm not against self-care. I'm not, I'm, re- I'm not, but I just think that some people, like it's people that already wasn't really looking out for nobody else and talking <laughs> yeah, about, yeah, I'm yeah. doing me now. You're like, you always been doing you. Right, <laughs> what's, right, right. what's different now? Like, <laughs> you know, and even if, um, you know, you might've looked out for people, you benefited from that. Yeah. Cause there was a feeling that you received from looking out for the, for the, this person or these people. Mm-hmm. But now that, it, you know, you expect for it to be reciprocated. And now that it's not reciprocated, now you're mad, but you still felt good while you was doing it yeah. because you, a lot of people want to feel needed. And that makes sense. I like to feel needed, you know, but I just, I just think that it's, you know, with, with children and with parenthood, we got to put our children first. Our children didn't didn't ask to be here. Mm. And, yeah, we and, brought them here. And, and, yeah, and and the circum and we figured the circumstances, the circumstances. under which we created them. Right. Like, yeah. We was having fun. We was right. having a good time. Right. And I, think, <laughs> I think I think that's what uh, that's where uh, lies like the the feeling of I'm gonna do me. I'm I gotta take care of myself. It's because a lot of times our 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 um, becoming parents wasn't planned. So it was like kind of a bump in the road that like, oh, this happened and it derailed my life. And now it was like, I need to get back to what's best for me because I didn't, I wasn't planning on this. Right, like when right. it's more of a planned thing, it's like, all right, I know I'm ready to take this sacrifice. Like these next, these core years are like the first three, four years of my child. I already knew that this was going to happen. Like, you know what I mean? I kind of planned to it because we planned to have a child. But when it just happened sometimes, it's like, 
Man, I done gave up three years of my life, and I wasn't ready to do that. But I had to because I'm the parent. Yeah. But now it's like to, you get to a space where parents just turn and be like, I'm back to doing me now because I done gave up five years for you. Like, I ain't hit the club because I had you. But it was a sacrifice I ultimately didn't get a chance. Well, you know, you didn't get a choice to. It just happened to you. Like, oh, I got a baby now. It's either get rid of it or keep it. If I'm keeping it, it's going to change my life. Mm. But I didn't plan to have this baby. Yeah. And that happens too much in our community. And I think too, like I think one thing that is that is grossly misused is that um, the airplane oxygen mask metaphor, because you know people always say, well, you got to. They always tell you put your oxygen mask on first, mm-hmm. which is true, but that's so that you can you can be good so that you can then help somebody else. But a lot of people they just want to be good, mm-hmm. and they're not trying to help nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> like they like I'm I'm cool. I'm all about me. Yeah. Um, and you know it is, yeah, man. It's it's just uh, we we live in some, um, you know, some uh, some trying times, some very interesting times. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll say that. I'll say that. But yeah, fatherhood, man. It's it's about um, yeah, just making those sacrifices, and you know, growing every day, learning every day, and um, showing up. You know, just mm-hmm. just being there. Being present. That's the big thing. That's half the battle. Yeah, we pride ourselves on being present, one, and and like you said, like you, you made the mention of just like we human, you make mistakes, but you, you yeah. keep trying. And we don't we don't get on to the 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 avenue of like we know what's best. No, we learn yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? We constantly learn We do what we think is best. And yeah. we have we have the best intentions behind the decisions we make, but they're not always right. Yeah. yeah, and one thing that I that I could say I wish I had done more of earlier on in my my parenthood journey, so to speak, is to create opportunities to be more in community with other brothers that were that were fathers too, and, and to sure. be more intentional about that, to be more intentional to put myself in position where I would be among other people that either were fathering at the same level that I was because they had children that were around the same age, or you know fathers that already had grown children, already been through certain things and, you know, just ask them more questions, yeah. you know, and kind of humble myself and put my ego to the side. Um, Cause it's, you know, it's hard, man. When, mm-hmm. you know, you grow up, you know, you're the person that gets good grades all the time and, you know, then you become a teacher. People expect you to know every fucking thing. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's hard to put yourself uh, in a position sometimes. Where me it's know like, everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta, yeah. Like, you got to ask somebody, you know, for advice or for counsel or whatnot. But yeah, you got you got to do that. You got you got to do it. Um, to uh, you know, ask ask those questions and you know, find those things out. Yeah, father becomes so isolated. Like it's like yeah. when you have kids, it's like oh, it's just about me and my kids. Like you don't have that community of people. Like you, yeah. you, you find your support in just your partner, but you don't never, you rarely have a conversation with another man. Like, yo, this would, this would bother me, or yo, you experiencing yeah. this? Like, how you deal with this? Like, you know what I mean? So yeah, and it's, yeah. especially when you know it's you know your your co-parenting because those co-parenting situations yeah. become it's like a complex equation. Yeah, you know a lot of variables, a lot of different moving parts. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you're dealing with two different sets of emotions. You are dealing with your kids, and you are dealing with with BM. So uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's a lot. It's a lot to learn. Um, definitely, it's a, it's a lot to learn. But you know, definitely, um, I recommend to like all the all the fathers just, you know, just try to don't try try your best to not if you are co-parenting, try your best not to allow the mother to do the lion's share of the work. Mm. Oh yeah, because mm. that yeah. becomes kind of convenient at times. Yeah, 
you or know. you can't, or just the, the the thought that you can't. I think people, you can't always paint your narrative to your child. Your child become yeah. old enough one day that regardless what you told them you did, they're very they're aware of it. Like, happened. oh, I'm not around you because your mom, me and your mom ain't getting along. Like, no, when you get older, you just wasn't around me. Like, you know what I mean? It's only so, it's like that, like that. You, your kids always look up to you and all that, but that shine glow off it because it, one day everybody becomes an adult. Like, you know what I mean? And it's up to people interpretation. What what like, what what interpretation are you leaving for your kid? What type of person? Like, it don't matter what I say. What I've done in my kid's life will show more than what I ever say out of my mouth. Like, yeah. so, you're like, being able to be be present. Definitely. Yeah, we definitely speak to that all the time. Definitely. And if I could add another thing, I want us to more, um, and it kind of ties into, you know, what I'm doing with all this math is I'm trying to create more of an environment where we link education to fatherhood. Because I know, like, a lot of times in, 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 in schooling, in, like, public schooling, a lot of times, like, like, at one point in my career, I realized that, I had to stop saying, stop telling children I'm a, like as like a threat to them. I'm gonna call your mom, especially the young boys. Like I was like, why am I calling his mother? I want I want to call your pop because yeah. I want to. I really want to have a man to man conversation with your dad. Right. I want to talk to your old head because like he needs to know that you're drawing in here. Like right. you're, you're <laughs> tripping. Like yeah. and then, and even that like as a means of trying to like motivate better behavior in some young brothers. Sometimes I would tell him like, bro, like. Do you realize you're gonna be somebody pop one day? Right. You're gonna be somebody dad. Or, like, or even with okay. that, even with that, as far as like a son goes, like the disappointment of your father weighs a lot heavier than the disappointment of your mother, because yeah. your mother is always gonna approach you with with that soft love of like, and and a lot more understand. Oh, you was just having a bad day. Your pop will be like, "What are you doing? <laughs> like, you don't you're supposed to carry yourself like that." Like, yeah, man. Like you can't, you can't, you can't be moving like you got to tighten up, young boy. Like, yeah, you my pop needs to tell me like, like "What are you? You a clown? You sitting there telling <laughs> jokes all day in class? Like, what are you a clown? Oh, you a clown huh? I'm like, damn, I ain't no clown though. No. But I am yeah. telling jokes all day. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so yeah. But definitely, like, like you know, taking a more um, proactive role in education. Um, you know, infiltrating the schools, like like running running up, coming in. I mean, not running up into the schools, but like <laughs> That's coming, coming to uh, <laughs> clean that up. Yeah, coming to the back to school nights. Um, oh yeah, coming yeah. to you know. One thing I used to think about is like when I taught, like at some point, because I'm like, I know how I value my children, and I know that a lot of people value their children, but I'd be like, damn, like your children are with me every single day. Mm-hmm. Some of them I teach, multi- I teach them multiple classes, and I don't even know you. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, y'all got dads, y'all got moms, you know what I'm saying? Especially the dads, because I'm like, I know how what type of father I am. I'm like, I'm very over, I'm probably overprotective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, any people that's around my child, I need to, yeah. I need to meet you. Mm-hmm. I need to look you in the face, shake your hand. I need to, like, you, you need to feel my presence, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, at a minimum. Like, I'm here. And it's like, exactly, like, like <laughs> yeah. I'm here. Like Even even the simple fact that, like, like and I, I had to meet my, my kid's teacher before, and it's like, I want you to know that little crazy shit he be doing. He not learning that at home. Like, you, know I mean? like, you, know I mean? you gotta let that be known. That is like, because if, if not, if all you, if, if all they have is the image that your kids give off in school, they might think that they raised by wolves. And it's like, no, he doing that shit here. Like that's it. Like you yeah. know what I mean. And I would, t- I would tell my, my students all the time, every year, like, you know, back around back to school nighttime, report card conference time, like, listen, tell your people, tell them to come here because. You know, all teachers are not good teachers. Yeah. All, all teachers do not love children. All teachers do not love black children. All teachers do not are not the best fit for those positions. Right. But teachers, you know, kind of like 
it's like, you know, in school when we was coming up, people had their picks. Yeah. You know, some teachers, they know, they know who to fuck with in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And they know who not to. And the ones, and I was like, listen, like, you need to bring your people up here so they can be present. Yeah. So some of these teachers that don't really care for y'all that much, they know who your people are. They know who they got answer to. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah. So they know if they talk to you some type of way that they shouldn't, you know, they might think twice. Because mm-hmm. exactly. you, your mom looked her in the eye. Well, your dad looked him in the eye, yeah, because he know he gotta he gotta deal with that, and exactly. I've and I've been known like to you know send an email, send a uh, a professional but strongly worded email that could easily be translated to who the fuck is you talking to? Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah, like you don't yeah. talk to my son like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gotta set the tone. Yeah, exactly. but but of course, like I said, it was a, it was a professionally worded email. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Per my last email, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I interpreted right. and you interpreted it the way I don't know yeah, where yeah, the right. disconnect is. Yeah, we saying this, and yeah. you know what I'm saying. Like, you know what I mean? And you let him know too. Like, I pull up. Yeah. But, you know, if you, if you would like to have a meeting to discuss this matter further, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, right. Exactly. you know, exactly. that could be arranged, yeah. you know. I'm available uh, exactly. Monday, just, Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. But, you, I, you need, <laughs> but you need to do that, though, because, like, you got to, because really what's, what's supposed to happen is um, in terms of the, the relationship of the school to the community and the, and the school to the parent, um, the parent's really supposed to be the primary educator. Yeah. And the school really should supplement what the parents are what doing, they're learning at home. Right? right? But we live, you know, in a society where it's kind of where it's flipped because the school is where the social engineering takes place, and those that control the society they want to maintain a certain type of society. So, really, the goal of the school, and I don't even think that a lot of teachers or administrators actively and explicitly understand this or realize that this was this is what's going on, because um, it's, it's it's much higher ups that are like responsible for this. It's like our job is to really take your child from you and become the main socializing agent for your child. And now you kind of stand back and kind of mind your business mm. while we do this. And there's and nothing new about this. And think that you got the best interest or like yeah. what's, you know what's best for my child. Like, yeah, like, like I, I know how to raise your child better than you do, right? That's the whole idea. And you have to buy into that. Or I care more than you do. Right. Yeah, yeah. So that's why it's like it's so it's interesting to me when a lot of people, like, you know, people in education complain about lack of parental involvement. Because I sit back and I think, like, do y'all realize how much more work y'all would have to do if the type, if the level of parental involvement that y'all claim to want actually took place? Oh, yeah. How many emails y'all have to answer? How many phone calls? How much better of a teacher you'd have to be? Yeah. If all of your students' children, parents was on your ass. Mm -hmm. Right. Just like the principal is. Like, you, because you... As a teacher, you get evaluated what four times, twice, twice a year, but then you get like evaluations that don't count. They're not they're unofficial. So imagine that from like, you know, on an elementary level, okay, you got 30 students, 25 students in your class, 25 parents. But what if it's both parents? What if it's their grandmother too? What if it's their grandfather? What if it's yeah. their aunt, their uncle? Or that just that that fact that somebody going over you now. What you said wasn't satisfactory enough. Now let me go talk to the principal about you. Right. Like you know what I mean. What are you dealing with that? And, <laughs> and parents that are being proactive, and yeah. you know, and I, I just I just think about. It. I've always thought about that over the years. Like, is this is this what y'all really want? <laughs> I mean, it would be great. I want it. I think we should have this. Yeah. But I don't think y'all want this. Right. I don't think this is what y'all want. Just because y'all aren't good teachers. <laughs> yeah. Y'all just y'all want, y'all like sitting around talking shit, but. 
the thing is, if this was the out, if this was really to happen, you know, you you piss your pants, you yeah. quit, yeah, because you have to actually work. Because right now, this is sweet for you, mm. you know, and a lot of you know a lot of people don't want don't want to really work. Um, want the summers off, you know, want to be out of work by three, <laughs> you know, some of the fringe benefits, yeah. you know, a lot of people, not everybody. It's just a uh, lot of people. They know who they are. I think that, I think I think what's the name too to like just the viewpoint of school like school is viewed like I remember being a child and just running out of there like when three o'clock came I'm out like you know and I think we need to love our schools like you know you got to be involved enough where it's like you like being there and I I see kids now like you know some kids they don't mind being there because you involved with activities and you you going to clubs and stuff like mm-hmm. that and it give you a sense of pride about your school. When a lot of people, if you don't do nothing, you just go to school, you just feel like you obligated to go. Let me go. Mm-hmm. And that also leads to, like, a lot of kids. Like, I didn't really want to go to college because it's like, all right, right here at the 12th grade, you telling me I don't have to go no more? Yeah, and you, yeah. my mom not going to get locked up if I don't go? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm not yeah. going no more. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, and when you love school and you, like, you, you you get a better view of it and it just make you appreciate it more. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. as we uh, wrap this up, yeah, um, what, uh, what do you got in progress? In progress, um, well, like I said, we we building up the YouTube channel mm. um, every day, adding content to it. Plug that, plug that in. Yeah, definitely. All this math, you to go to YouTube, uh, type in all this math, and you know you'll see me. You know, it's definitely pop right up in front yeah. of a dry erase board. Um, you know, light skinned brother with the glasses, and <laughs> you know, you know, I got the nineteen seventy five wood paneling. You know, background <laughs> on the wall. Um, they can look like a real classroom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, we you know I'm trying to teach math to the whole black community because a lot a lot of what happens is you know when you your child sits in class and a lot of us probably had this experience as adults too. You sit in class, the teacher, the math teacher is the person that you're supposed to get the math lesson from. You're supposed to learn it from he or she. If you don't learn it from them, you just don't learn it. That's true. Just, it's done. There's no like unless your your parents can afford tutoring. You know, and even like, you know, after school help or like, you know, that might help a little bit. But a lot of times it's like 20 people in the after getting trying to get the after school help. Yeah. You know, so if mm-hmm. you want individualized attention, that's what I created the YouTube channel for. So the YouTube channel is essentially free tutoring you or is free tutoring. It's organizing the different the different topics are organizing the different playlists. So you just pull up the playlist and just know, know what topic your child is working on. Then go to the playlist and find a video that matches up, you know, try to match up because. Um, you know, I want I want it, I want you to have a, a option. I want I want the community to have an option. You know, it's similar to Khan Academy, but um, Khan is not doing what I'm doing. Khan is not culturally relevant to our community. Mm-hmm. And Khan doesn't teaching. show himself. Khan mm-hmm. is like the Wizard of Oz thing behind behind the screen and. Yeah. And Khan, you know, I mean, Khan let me, is boring. I, I'm just going to be right. I yeah. tried to do Khan is fucking. So, He's not teaching over trap beats, though. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and I, I was going to say, like, you know, I got, I'm, I, shout out to Khan. Like, I, I would like to have a conversation with him one day because um, he, he's one of my inspirations as well because a lot, of, a lot of things have inspired me to develop and grow out the channel. But one time I was in a tutoring session with a, with a young sister and her teacher gave her an assignment and also assigned the class a Khan Academy video. Mm. A line to the assignment. What ends up happening in the in the um, what ended up happening in the tutoring session was this. I spent most of the tutoring session explaining the Khan Academy video. <laughs> so then I realized, I said, 
why don't I just cut out the middleman? Yeah. I just start making my own content. If I gotta explain the video that help that's supposed to help you, then it yeah. must not be that good. Yeah. And it's, and the thing is, his I, I think that a lot of his content is cool for me because I I already know it essentially. Right. I might have forgot certain topics if I haven't seen it in a while, or you know. So, you know, it might be a, a certain detail about a certain type of problem, or I might have forgot a formula, or I might confuse this a formula refresher. for this problem. Yeah, yeah, it's a good refresher, but for somebody that is just going in cold, never seen it before. Yeah, it was bad for me. It's not as, yeah, it's <laughs> it not as user-friendly. Yeah. Um, go back to the beginning. Wait up. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's, what, that's what we're trying to do, man. We're trying to change the narrative in the black community around math. We want math. Like we talked about earlier, man. Math, math is a beautiful thing, man, but you got to... You know, you you gotta you gotta you gotta love her. You gotta learn to love her. You gotta lo- learn her first. You yeah. know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It's like kind of like you know that that girl that that you meet. You don't really like her at first, but then you start to get to know her. Like you know, she all right she though. She, she kind of she kind of all right. <laughs> she kind of all right. And she got she the snacks at the crib. Yeah. So she, yeah. Might be. she she all right. She you know? good. Yeah. yeah. That's that's how math is. But you gotta learn it first though. Yeah. You know, you gotta learn. It. Hopefully, like with with young children, if you can instill that love of math, and and it's another thing I want to work on too is like. Because a lot of us, like, we, we love math as, as a youngin', but we get to a point where it's like, yo, I hate, I don't like that shit no more. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to love it. I used yeah. to, you know, it's like, so it's like trying to prevent them from getting to the point where they stop loving it. Because it inevitably happens to so many people. It's like, oh, it was in third grade, and then we started doing fractions, and I ain't like it no more. Mm-hmm. So the issue is like, well, we got to figure out better ways to teach fractions so they, they maintain the love. It's like, it's a relationship. You know, like, people fall out of love. Yeah, you know, get divorced and whatnot. So a lot of people get divorced from from math. You got they got you gotta co-parent with math. Yeah, you got to make it work. The way you got to make it work. The way you got to make it work. The way you had a direct correlation to like problem solving life, and you brought that into like math and all that stuff, and like that was that's impactful. That's the things we yeah, want to do, yeah. man. And that's definitely that's a jewel. Like I know yeah. I'm gonna hear from at least two, three people this week. Like yo. The way I kill broke that down, really, I never even yeah. thought yeah. like that. Like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's not about the actual, like, you sitting in class doing that problem, it's not about that problem. It's about, and this is probably the most important thing I'm going to say tonight, it's about methodology. It's about the method. It's about, like, so you sitting in class and you're doing the problem, the problem is not relevant to your life, the problem had nothing to do with you and whatnot, but the way you solve that problem, the way you read it, decipher it, decode it, set up the equation, solve the equation, then what you do is you take that same method and apply it to something that you love. You apply it to something that you do care about. You apply it to something that goes on in your house, but you learn it in math mm. and something that seems totally unrelated. Just like I use this, um, this framework analogy, right? Go to target, you know, buy, buy a picture frame, you buy the picture frame. It's got the stock photo in there. When you get home, you don't, you don't know them people. You don't, <laughs> you don't put that up in your living room. Yeah. You take that picture out Put your picture in it. Mm-hmm. Apply it. It's the same frame. Right. It's the same frame. But you putting different content into it. Put your own content yeah. into the same frame. That makes sense. That's how that's how math is. That's how, we <laughs> got, that's how we gotta teach it. I'm See? definitely walking away from this a lot less frustrated, I think, from, from me approaching my daughter's <laughs> yeah. homework. Exactly. Definitely. Uh shout out, shout out to to, to Professor Kerry <laughs> Parker. Absolutely. Man. Definitely doing great things in the community. Definitely something instrumental in the community. We definitely appreciate you. Appreciate yeah, what appreciate you do. Appreciate you coming up. Yeah. Hey, Thanks. appreciate y'all having me. I mean, this, you know, it's, your platforms are important. You know, yeah, this is your, your, uh, this is your digital real estate and all that. Mm-hmm. It's important. I, I appreciate y'all sharing it because you know, it's, you can't just share your, your space with anybody. 
Yeah, and, you know, and you know, we appreciate you for putting out something that's worth the share, though. You know right. what I mean? Right. Like, like it's a good feeling because we have some episodes where it's just you know it's filler and we just talking, and then you have something that's like I know people gonna leave with something with this. Yeah. Like, like this one is an impactful one, so that's that's I'm definitely, definitely dope. You I'm definitely dropped a lot of. Jewels yeah. on us. Yeah. We appreciate it for sure. So. Oh yeah, I got I got a book coming out. Um, I'm waiting oh, on the cover go. art. Um, so I don't have a release date yet, but um, it's called um, How to Use All This Math, Volume One. We gotta bring okay. you back for that. Yeah, we definitely got. Yeah, when that drop, yeah. Yeah. yeah, come on through. And I'm calling it Volume One because I already got the outline laid out for Volume Two mm. already. So it's like I'm trying to. I think I'm trying to do it like a. a like Jawaza Kajufu, he did a countering the conspiracy to destroy black boys. So okay. I think he originally released that in parts, like volumes, and then he consolidated all the volumes into just one book that you can that you could buy. You can get at the oh, yeah. So I kind of modeling it after him. Um, it's just a, what I'm doing is like I'm trying to really show parents and community members, elders, whoever, um, how you can teach your children math just in everyday life, in the car, in the kitchen. Like let's say this bottle of water right here, like. We can show unit. We can do unit conversions using a bottle of water. Like five hundred milliliters is the same as sixteen point nine fluid ounces. Mm. You can set up a proportion, right? Um, two ratios. You can figure out how many milliliters is in a fluid ounce, or how many milliliters is in, you know convert milliliters to fluid ounces. How many fluid ounces are in a milliliter? Mm. You know, you could do that math. You can, you can figure out how, how many ounces is two hundred is two hundred thirty five milliliters or whatever. Mm. Um, and so, and the thing is, it's like. And I guess let me let me say this too. Um, I know y'all trying to wrap up, but <laughs> no, um, mathematical literacy, right? A lot of times in our households, we don't do those. We don't do that type of mathematical, you know, um, exercise. That's right? why I leave you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But but the thing is, with reading, it's different because if you live in a household where your parents you know, have a certain, you know, have a certain level of understanding of the world and they use a certain type of vocabulary, your parents, your grandparents, uncles, aunts, adults that you be around, they use certain vocabulary, you get exposed to that vocabulary. Mm. So when you go to school and it's time for reading, you're like, okay, I hear these words already. I already have an advanced vocabulary because of what I hear in my household. So what I'm trying to do also is bring math on par with that. Yeah. Okay. So it's like, because a lot of us, because what happens is when you go, to, a lot of us, when we go to school, I mean, we might learn how to count at home at a young age, but when we go to school, a lot of the, the applications of math, like ratios, proportions, foreign languages, foreign language, yeah. you're going in cold. Yeah. You're going in totally cold. You know what I'm saying? So what I want is for people to, I, re- I really want people, I really want for public schools and charter schools, until we create our own network of independent schools, to just be places of practice. But in order for that to happen, the community is going to have to provide that fundamental education, you know, so that way they can just go to school and practice. Like, you know, a lot of young boys come to school, roll dice. You might not learn how to roll dice in school. You learn in your neighborhood, mm-hmm. right. learn around the way. Like, I remember I was I was another inspiration. The, um, damn, what's his name? Stephon Marbury. The Stephon Marbury Netflix special that was out like two years ago, three yeah, years ago, whatever. I, re- I saw, I was watching, I'm like, damn, like, his pop and his older brothers taught him basketball. Mm. But a lot of people will give credit to the high school coach at Brooklyn Tech or whatever school. I think he went to Brooklyn Tech or whatever school he went to, whatever high school he went to. But he didn't learn basketball in high school. His, parent, his old heads taught him basketball at home. He brought that to the school and practiced 
and honed his craft. And you also see, to, to piggyback off that, you see that he made it the farthest out of all of them. So it was all like a pecking order. His dad right. played right. high school. His brother played college. The other all, one played college. And he ended up in the NBA. They all they poured all into him. Poured into him. Like, yeah. And it's like, you know. But he was able to practice what he had learned from his community. Yeah. yeah. So what I want is for math to be the same way. Mm. We learn math in the hood. We learn math in the house. Yeah. And then if you got to go to school, okay, cool. We go to school, we practice. We right. do learn it. We just learn it. With, you just don't realize that you, we yeah. equate it with. You don't drugs. realize that you know it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you equate it with, with yeah. drugs yeah. And, and, yeah. and stuff like that, and that's the, the wrong like yeah. outlook on it. It's like if you you I, I didn't grew up around people and you hear them like talk drug money and ounces and that and that and they're like oh bro you doing yeah. math but they don't look at it like that. Yeah, yeah. When, when I when I hit yeah when I hit high school and we started learning about fluid ounces like I think it was like in chemistry I think we started mm-hmm. learning about fluid ounces and ounces and everything I'm like oh shit. How you know that word? Yeah, But if you show them, like you, know you said, if you show them directly, <laughs> if you show them that with the problem, they got some like some verbian names or whatever the case may be. Like, oh, I don't mm-hmm. know nothing about that. No, you do know. You, you just do don't know. know you know it yeah, because yeah. you're intimidated by it. And that that right there, that's all marketing. That's yeah. marketing and propaganda. Math is marketed in a way where we're meant to think that it's not for us mm-hmm. and that yeah. we can't understand it. And that's you know, and that's I see that so often, man. People just. Like when I, you know, somebody signs up for tutoring, you know, I might talk to their parent and then I meet them in the session and I'm, I'm, ex- my expectation is real low. But when I actually see their work, I'm like, you know, you're really not that bad for real. Mm-hmm. But a lot of us, like we, you know, it's that negative self-talk. And then there's, there's another thing um, <laughs> real quick. So <laughs> I ask, I always wonder, like people that claim to be bad at math, what is the metric that you use to establish that. Why do you think you're bad at math? Somebody told them. Somebody told them. Mm-hmm. Or let's say they let's say they did poorly on tests in school, right? That's not always and that's not even always the best judge or the best the best measurement because here's what happens. Some teachers give partial credit. Some teachers don't give partial credit. I've done both. I mm-hmm. see value in both, right? But imagine you have a teacher that does not give partial credit. So let's say you take a quiz, quiz got like five problems on it, 20 points each. All right. No partial credit. First, first two problems you get right. Okay. That's 40 points. Problems three, four, and five. You do most of the problems right. You get to the last steps, miss a step on one, leave out a negative sign on one, um, accidentally do, uh, instead of doing two plus four, you do two times four, right? Careless errors. No partial credit. You just lost 60 points. Mm-hmm. You got a 40 on that quiz. Mm. You might not have, you might not take the time to realize, like, okay, this is the only thing I did wrong. Mm. Yeah. I got a 40. 40 is failing. And then that compounds. It's not an accurate depiction of your knowledge. It's not. Yeah. It's not an accurate depiction because of your knowledge. And each in 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 a problem, you might have five checkpoints and you might have hit four of them and mm. just missed out on two or whatever like that. And it's like, damn. Yeah. Now you did all that wrong. None of it didn't count. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so you yeah. really, you really don't understand your actual level of understanding. Yeah, right. And yeah. a lot of times in the classroom setting, the teacher doesn't have time to give you that individual attention to show you, okay, this is all you did wrong. That's all you did wrong. That's all you did wrong. And a lot of people just internalize that, and you're like, yo, I failed. That's mm-hmm. all they know. I failed yeah. because it's reduced to just a single number. So they quantify you quantify your understanding through that test grade, and then. You know, a lot of times you like, you know, it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy. Once you accept the fact that you're bad at something, right. you expect to be bad at it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, 
it's not like I'm gonna keep trying harder. Why? Why doesn't it doesn't equate to like or to the example of like like we speak? So a lot of people speak. You know the English language and you speak well, but you might not be good at spelling. You don't say. You don't tell yourself that. Oh, I'm not a good. I'm not a good talker or yeah. whatever like that. Yeah. Like you just can't yeah. spell. Yeah. But you you know it. Like you know what I mean. So yeah. just like. You can't say you, you bad at math because you can't figure out equations. You might know pieces to it, mm, or yeah. you might be good at certain aspects of it. Like, like I said, but like, you just write it off. Like, oh, especially I'm bad the at variety math. of yeah, math. you yeah, know, yeah. math comes in such a, a vast variety. Yeah. You might be good at yeah, that's like me, um, division. But you might not be good at that fractions or, or I didn't something. like calculus and all that, but I love uh, stat like statistics. Statistics. Mm-hmm. I love statistics because it, it, it piqued my interest. Hated it. Yeah. And I didn't yeah. I didn't I didn't notice that until my twelfth grade year. And it was like this stuff really piqued my interest and I, I like I use it a lot. And it's like mm-hmm. I, I didn't even know I like math. I just thought that I didn't like no math because I didn't mm-hmm. like a certain variable. Like I didn't like ge- yeah. geometry, so I ain't like no math. Right. And stats yeah. is real tedious. Like I was yeah. tutoring somebody in stats this morning, I was letting them know. Like I wanted to tell them explicitly, like, bro, like you gotta keep in mind, like, this is not difficult. This is tedious. Mm-hmm. Cause you got to set up this chart and it's like, you got to find the mean, then you got to subtract the original value from the mean every time. Then you got to right. square each of them. It's a lot of opportunities to make a mistake. Yeah. Give me PTSD yeah. And right you make now. one mistake. The whole <laughs> yeah. thing is wrong. But I, I love that, is wrong. I love what I loved in it is the outcome of it. It was like, yeah. it's, is 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 um, very like a big, like problem solving thing. Mm-hmm. It's like finding something out. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's directly in, it's a problem and solve it. And it's not too much like missing in the middle. Like, right. Oh, jump on one leg and then do this, then do that. <laughs> it's a problem and solve it. That's it. Right. And that's mm-hmm. what I loved in it. Like, you know, but we could we could talk all day. <laughs> we yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely this could easily be a four yeah, yeah, hour episode. Yeah, yeah, honestly. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But when you do drop the the book, we definitely gonna have you back up here. Yeah, yeah. Pull up on yeah. us. Yeah. Exactly. So this uh, episode thirty seven. Episode thirty seven. Maybe. No, it's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely, it's definitely thirty seven. It's episode thirty seven. <laughs> we out. We out. We out.